Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I'm Rodney. I'm Jamal. Yo, what's going on, y'all? This Vince. And we are Under Construction. construction. Uh, today we have a special guest, and we'm gonna let Brother Jamal introduce him. Like uh, like my man Rodney said, we have a very special guest. He comes from, he is alumni of the best high school in America, Dub C. Dub. My man Brandon Richard. Let's give him a round of applause. Yo, yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, fam? How you feeling today, B Rich? Man, man, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me, man. I've been checking y'all out for quite some time, man, and I'm just Glad to be on the mic, so let's do it. Let's do it. That's righteous. Wait, before we get started, I got a question. Shoot. How do you decide that West Charlotte is the best high school? It, it doesn't need to be explained. That's let's start there. Society. I, yeah, it's a movement. Society. It's a movement. Charlotte. Movement? Charlotte. 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 Decided. Charlotte. Long time ago. Yeah, okay. we okay. come in. We come in droves, dog. So yes, yes we do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, it's called um, Black Excellence. You yes. know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, okay. Okay, well. So we're going to move on. So we're going to move on. Okay. We're going to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. West Charlotte, the best high school? Ooh. Yeah. What them test scores say? All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, snap. I had to throw a shout out there. Uh, I got a nickname for Brandon, man. What's the, okay. That's the Splash Cousin today. Splash, splash Cousin? cousin. <laughs> I he's he's, he's, he's D'Angelo Russell. He's low now. He's sitting out here loading. Yeah, ice water in his Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Steph Curry, that's Trey the Truth. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Clay Thompson over Clay, there. We got Clay back there behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to uh, jump into the Hornets. Uh, so it's been two weeks yeah. since uh, Kimber left us at the altar. Yeah. Um, how do you feel? Like, like are, are, you, are you over it? Are you excited about Rosier? Uh, what do you think? I'm gonna start out with oh. the guest today. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Come on, man. Oh, okay. So now, first off, you know, for the people that are watching, uh, let them know: Are you a Hornets fan? I am not a Hornets. You're fan. not. Who Who are you a fan of? I'm a Laker fan. You're a Laker fan. But uh, hold on. But let, let me let me say this. Very, I'm about to talk I know. To you see, see, I'm I, I, I see you no, right. Have so, you ever been to LA? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I became a Laker fan before the Hornets were in existence, so I want to give a little context to that. Okay, okay, okay. But I do think that my, nice you know, my uh, dispassionate uh, view okay. can give me some some insight into this. All right. So, Kimball was a great player. He was a phenomenon for Charlotte, probably, uh, other than probably Larry Johnson, uh, Muggsy Bogues, and Dale Kerr, probably one of the more influential, emotional players mm-hmm. To the city, right? And I am a Charlatan, right? So I do follow the team. I mean, I think Kimba had to go. I think Kimba actually, you know, sometimes sometimes you can make yourself too valuable for a place, right? And, you know, he he's a great, great player. And I very much look forward to following him in Boston. You know, but MJ had to make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is paying him $40 more million worth what he means to the city? I mean, because clearly we didn't make the playoffs. Well, they did not make the playoffs. <laughs> no, you said, uh, you said I, you right. No, you're right. No, no, no. no, no. I'm a Laker fan, but I am a Charlatan. Don't okay, get it twisted. Okay, oh, okay, you know what I'm saying? I, I got my Kendall Gills back at the house, right? Okay. So, trust me, believe that. <laughs> so, so, I think, you know, when you think about, you know, the money that they had to pay, the direction that they're trying to go, and the resources or money that you need in order to do so, I mean, I think it was a relatively easy decision. I think Terry Rozier is going to be someone who can bring a lot of that kind of grit, um, you know, because, you know, usually teams that aren't big cities, they really much value grit in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, hell, Boston is not a big city, right? Okay. They value grit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Terry Rozier will bring. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But I think, um, you know, Kimba had to go into the circumstance. I think he played now, his way out of it. Now, from, a, from with you not being a Hornets fan per mm-hmm. se, what is your take on the, the reaction 
from the Hornets fan base, from what you've seen? Expected. Expected? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, because fandom in and of itself is an emotional thing, yeah. right? So you can say all the logic in the world, but it's like, but how does this make me feel? You took away my feel good. Right, and that's what Kimball was for a lot of people. That's he a, is the feel good. That's an understatement, right? So you know, nobody wants to take away the feel to good, regardless of logic. Okay, I dig that. I did it. Um, for me, for, for the most part, um, I've been saying it since day one. I'm pretty indifferent to it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm less about the name on the back of the jersey, and I'm more about the name on the front of the jersey. Man, you're supposed to be outraged. Shot. I'm not gonna be outraged. Uh, my, my, supposed to take shots at other Hornets fans. The life that other I've groups lived, and everything. The life that I've lived, I've been through too much to get hey. emotional. All right. Hey, about, hey oh. Hornets about a sports. We preaching team. a word this Sunday. I mean, I'm All just right. saying. I, I'm just like the, some of the emotion that I've seen from fans. I can't. I don't understand it. Me and neither, man. I saw this one post in one group where they were speaking on the emotion, and I made a comment, and I said, well, look, some of you guys are complaining no matter what they do, no matter what the Hornets do. You guys wanted him or traded away two years ago, but when he didn't get traded away, you wanted him to stay because we had the All-Star game last year, but then had we traded him away during the All-Star game, you would have been upset upset. with that. Now that he's walked away, you're upset that we didn't trade him before the All-Star game. It's like a circle of life, man. literally... The fans are asking the team to do whatever. The team is actually doing it, and they're still getting upset. And for the life of me, I just can't understand. It's it's beyond idiotic to me, and I just can't understand it. Strong words, Vince. Um, far as how I feel, man, y- y'all know I've always came at this like I, I am an emotional fan, but I'm an emotional fan because I followed Kimball Walker so long now, and it was like the greatest thing in the world. When he came to Charlotte, like y'all know that y'all know how much of a UConn can walk about blah, 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 all that stuff, man. But man, even with that being said, man, the last two weeks, man, I feel a lot better than I did two weeks ago because gotcha. at some point, man, two things, man. Number one, logic has to kick in. Mm-hmm. And number two, like James Borrego has already clearly said, you just got to move on, man. Yeah. We, we're, we're here. Um, you know, it, it, it's good to have a semblance of what we need to do. I don't know if the Hornets actually see that or not, but it's good to at least know that this is where we stand with the team right now. And no, not not to sound like a broken record, but James Borrego, man, he just he said it best, man. It's just time, it's time to, move to move on. on. It is. And as far as uh, Terry Rozier, like I, I've maintained, that was a very necessary signing. It, mm-hmm. Terry Rozier was so necessary because it was obviously a gaping hole at point guard. Let, let's start there. Let's start with the obvious. There wasn't a lot of free agent point guards that we could afford to go get. So them getting Terry Rozier was like, I, I'm kind of, you know, I have to actually give them kudos for that. I criti- I have criticized how they botched the Kimball Walker signing, but, you know, getting Terry Rozier the way it did is not a bad kind of stopgap. So, and, you know, okay. to, to, to caveat off of that, and this goes more so to the emotional aspect that we've been talking about. With Kimball leaving and Rozier coming, I think we go from Kimball Walker and the Avengers to the Charlotte Hornets now. Gotcha. Yeah. It's the Charlotte Hornets. Right. And, gotcha. and, and I'm really looking forward to that. Let me ask you a question. So, how do you feel about other Hornets fans kind of legislating your fandom and taking shots at other fans for not feeling the way they feel? About the situation of being a little, just a little more optimistic than the average fan. How, like, if, as a Laker fan, how, how would you feel? I mean, you know, 
like like people are saying, man, fans are emotional by nature. I mean, fan mm-hmm. is short for fanatic, right? Yeah. So uh, emotion doesn't do logic very well, no. right? So <laughs> no matter how logical you're going to be about a circumstance, the logic only goes well if it's in line with how someone feels. And, gotcha. you know, with mediums, you're going to always talk about, you know, you can find enough of stands, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. To go with your your way of thinking. So when somebody has something different, they're always going to talk. Oh, you don't know that. You know, you talking about it, that that that. And you know, fandom is always just about emotion. And as long as people are, are as long as people get a voice, a medium to express their emotion, anytime something's different, I mean, it's it's MSNBC and Fox News. It's the same thing, right? <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So gotcha. see, and, and here's my deal. We're not talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the New York Knicks. We're talking about the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. If I'm calling myself a Charlotte Hornet fan, a team that has no NBA Finals appearances, right. no conference. conference appearances, right. we, we we haven't been to the second round since basketball came back, back here. Right. How do I need to prove to you that I am a fan? <laughs> right. It's the Charlotte Hornets. Right. It's not like there's a bandwagon to be a part of. Half man. of this like, city thinks we're still the Bobcats. Right, right. How do I need to prove that I am a fan if I'm attaching the Hornets to my fandom? Well, to to kind of answer that question, we all we all know. Let's be clear. I'll just give you an example. I have never seen so much Charlotte Hornets talk on social media in my life man, because I'm of telling the Kimber Walker man. situation. I'm telling you. I have never in my life seen so many people value Summer League the way they do <laughs> because of the Kimber Walker situation. And the thing is, man, like, I look, man, y'all know I'm, I'm always the one that's going to sound like a butthole, but I'll be that. Like, to me, when you see that kind of kind of cornball kind of conversation going on, you question how much people have really followed the Charlotte Hornets. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because... The Hornets' failures, I hate to say this, but y'all know it's true. The Hornets' failures give people a reason to talk about the Hornets. Otherwise, they they wouldn't have a conversation at all. You get what I'm saying? So, to me, that's just a, I'm not a surefire way, but it's a pretty good indication to kind of gauge somebody's fandom sometimes. Gotcha. And, you know, and and my bad for cutting you off, Ryan, but uh, we've never touched on this, and I feel like this is a good opportunity to do so. But we're talking about what qualifies you as a fan. There's no true definition, no. in my opinion, right. as to what co- qualifies you as a fan. But being a Charlotte Hornet fan, here's a couple of narratives that I'm tired of seeing. I am sick and tired of seeing the I've been a season ticket holder since 1988. <laughs> I am sick and tired. I am sick and tired of hearing that I've been here since the team came here. And I, okay, you know what that tells me? That tells me you haven't been nowhere in 30 years. <laughs> I'm sorry that I was not born in Charlotte. I'm sorry that in April of 1982, I was not able to tell my mom and dad to move to Charlotte so I could be born in Charlotte and that I could be a native so that I could be the be a Hornets fan for the entirety of my life. I'm sorry that I joined the military and I went and saw the world and I wasn't able to stay here for three doggone decades. All right, man. I'm not under, I don't under, like, I like, can't stand it I understand day. that logic doesn't come with emotion sometimes, but how do you fix yourself to say, I've been living in Charlotte longer than you, so I'm more of a fan to you? It, it, it's, it's, it's all valuable. silly, man. It, it's all silly. I it, don't understand. Stop it, y'all. Can I, stop can, it. can I say one thing real quick? <laughs> shoot, man. To shoot. That, basically, Kimba is a representation of the fan itself, right? So you didn't validate me, mm-hmm. right? I'm Kimba, right? I'm six feet tall. I'm Kimba and I are literally the exact same. We weigh, we weigh exactly the same. We're the same height. And I think a lot, what a lot of people say is, oh, 
well, Charlotte, you didn't validate me. He's me. Right. Yeah. Right. And right. when you feel emotions for someone, it's because you you connect with them in yeah. some way. Yeah. So if he was six six and he was LeBron James, like, oh man, you know, screw him, whatever, whatever. But it's like, well, how can you do me like it's that? It's like fancy themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the same way they did Iverson, right? It's just it's like, oh man, you did that to me. And I think that's why, you know, the hate and the, you know, oh, it's it's business when it comes to that, but you, you're supposed to make me it, your wife and it, you, you treated me like a girlfriend. Even to speak further to that, man, like, it's, it's been documented that Kim Walker has a really close relationship with some fans. Yeah. yeah. Like, this dude has delivered season tickets to fans' door. So, that even kind of, that elevates the point of what you're saying, man. And, and I think that's why, for the most part, I mean, and a lot of it is, you know, but for the most part, that's why we're seeing... Uh, just so much of an emotional reaction to Kim Walker leaving, even to speak okay. further to that point. So, so looking at these moves that the Hornets have made this offseason, what does this tell you their plan is going forward? Like, like in your opinion, let me speak to this first, man. Let me speak to this first because I'm not gonna lie, man. Mitch Kupchak, you know, he had a press conference about a week ago, and I did not like the answer. I have to be honest, <laughs> man. I that was not an answer I was looking for. Basically, Miss Miss Kupchak was asked, "Hey, are you guys? I hate to use this word, tanking, rebuilding, rebuilding whatever you want to call it, or are you guys looking to build toward the future?" And Miss Miss Mitch's answer was basically like, "Well, we don't know yet, <laughs> bro. How long you need to take?" No, like, no. The, the 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 worst thing was, it, 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 this kind of made me like, does he know what he's doing? But he said, uh, somebody asked him. What's your justification for getting Rozier? Right. He's like, well, if, if if he was in the lot, he's like he would be a lottery pick this year. I'm like, uh, you yeah, could have said that a little better. I'm right. Like, right. Right. You could have I mean, explained I, I, a little better. I, I, I think I think I think he was saying, him coming out, he was a lottery pick to to us. Well, here's what I think. I think Mitch Kupchak is playing mind games. I think he's deliberately saying this stuff so that everyone think that. Think less of them. That nothing is really going to come out. And in three or four years, when things have changed, now he's going to be like, you know, Kool-Aid smile. Like, yeah, look what we did. Mm -hmm. But let me say this. I'm going to let you guys go. Everyone is criticizing Mitch Kupchak right now. Everyone is questioning Mitch Kupchak right now. But when Mitch Kupchak first signed as the GM, he was universally loved and accepted by the Charlotte fan base. Was, let me cut you off. Was that simply because he replaced Rich Cho? Nope. It was because of that Laker connection. Because he's a household. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a guy on the name, on this panel right now by the name of Vince Dunlap who was not for that Mitch Kupchak signing. He was not for it. And now, and now here we are two years later and the entire fan base is looking at Mitch Kupchak like a fool. And I'm like, this is what y'all get. When you, when, when you guys constantly want somebody simply because of namesake. Just because someone has a big name or big profile doesn't equate to success. But you got what you wanted, and now you have to deal with the trials and tribulation while they try and build a team. That's a fair point. But to answer your question, to what do, what do I want them to do going forward? I don't want them to make any big signings. Rosier needs to be the last splash that they make over the next couple of years. And if you look at their books, if you go to 2022, not counting the players that we just drafted this year, they only have $24 million tied up in their cap space. Mm. And, not, and 18 of that is simply Rosier. And the other five is Bridges. 
So, um, and I kind of mentioned this earlier in the week. If you look at what the Clippers did, if you look at where Brooklyn did, if we follow that, bl- that blueprint in three years, we can have a pretty legitimate squad. Now, we have $80 million, uh, $80 million cap hold for other players, but I don't think this fan base is at the point to where they understand what a cap hold is. Nah, so we're going to leave that conversation alone. I just wanted to throw it out there that I am aware of the cap hold. But I, I just want them to take the youth. Let the youth Somebody hate on you about that. <laughs> if you didn't say it. I just want them to let the youth develop as much as possible. Uh, the kid that we drafted last year who's over Lithuania playing. But he's on the he's on this year's summer league team, but he didn't play at all last year. Bring him in. Let those guys play. And in two years, we'll have enough money and cap space to bring in some legitimate players. Let me let me speak to that as well. Um what, what's this? I'm gonna screw this saying up, but because okay. I always I'll try and help up. you out. What, what's the saying? You have to understand your history to know where you're going. Is that? Mm, yeah, 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 so yeah. To, know, to know where you're going, you have to know where you've been. Thank you. Or where you come from. Thank something you. Like that. So I want I want to give everybody some history. <clears throat> Back during the Stephen Jackson, uh, Gerald Wallace days of the Bobcats. Mm, mm, okay, mm. so we started that team with like Roger Bell as the as a shooting guard, and you know that that and that team was going nowhere. No fast. So Bobcast manager said, all right, we got to do something to make this team better right now. We we don't want to go into another season where we have another lottery pick. So they made the trade for Steven Jackson. They traded Roger Bell and AC Law for Steven Jackson. You look at that on paper and you say, man, that's a good trade. Bobcast won that trade. We make the playoffs. We go out in the first round. And I just just a nugget, we 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 probably could have been a six seed that year, but we just ran into the worst matchup in Orlando Magic who came out of the East that year. I just want to throw that out there. So and you, we went four and zero against the LeBron James led Cavaliers that regular you. season. I'm glad you brought that up. So we have that team. The next year they say, okay, we're in salary cap hill. Our finances are bad. We need to blow it up. We need to get rid of Gerald Wallace and Stephen Jackson. We got two lottery picks for Gerald Wallace ultimately. Okay? Sure did. So you look at that on paper and you say, man, that's a good return. That's a great return. But guess what? You draft Bismack Biombo, one of those draft picks. That kind of that kind of hampers your future a little bit. Let's just call this let's call a spade a spade. Right. We're not even gonna mention who we drafted Bismack Biombo in front of, because that'll just make me depressed. Ooh, don't do that. So ultimately, <laughs> the point that I'm trying to to make here is that do not repeat history again. Okay. Now, if you want to go that route that you did the first time the Bobcats, where you blew it up, you have got to make sure you do your homework on draft picks. Gotcha. Now, as far as the direction I think we were going... My bad for cutting you off again. For those of you that are watching and those of you that are listening, I just want to point out the fact that everything that Jamal just spit off, he did this with no notes, no notepad, <laughs> no computer. This all came right off of the dome, okay? He's a true Hornets fan. So for Don't question the fandom. That are always bringing that, I've been here since 88, bullcrap. <laughs> Stop it, all right? Stop it. All right, He's Jamal. been following since 88, loyally. There you go, there you go. <laughs> all right, Jamal, you but... But the thing is, if, if like the direction I, I believe they need to go into, they need just they need to do a youth movement. They need to do a youth movement, and they need to get it rid of bad money. That's two very easy objectives. Shout out to Nick Batum. Not to say that that's going to be easy to pull off, because again, you know you have to do your homework on draft picks. I want the Hornets to have a sustainable future. Here's another thing with that Bobcat situation: we draft. MKG second pick, okay. We're, you know, we're we're we went from seven wins to twenty one wins. 
Cody with number four. But here's the thing, though. I think they panicked and they said, we don't want to go another five years. Let's go out and get Al Jefferson, who's not a bad player. Mm-hmm. We loved Al. Mm-hmm. We All loved Al while he was here, okay? And he loved Bojangles. You- <laughs> and marijuana. So, <laughs> so, so we have that team who is a decent team, who is a half game out of, out of the third seed one year, uh-huh. okay? But it's not a contender. I don't want the Hornets to panic again and make an emergency signing just for whatever reason. I want a sustainable future. And to have a sustainable future, you have got to nail your draft picks, you have got to do your homework, and you have got to be patient. I know fans don't want to hear, you got to be patient. But you got to be patient. But Jamal, we were patient for 30 years. Man, look, that that (laughs) – that OG Hornets franchise has nothing to do with the current current okay. Hornets franchise. It just doesn't. I don't care what anybody says. I, mean, I, I'm, I feel like I'm being long-winded, so I'm yeah. moving on. Pers- per- personally, what I would like to do is I would like to clear the books, utilize our cap space as opportunities to gain picks. So, say Boston needs to get under the cap. And like, hey, man, we got this, this Memphis pick and this other pick. But you guys need to take on the Gordon Hayward for another two years. I do that. I do that in a heartbeat because it gives you the opportunity to, to to pick up picks, and maybe you can flip Gordon in the year when he's expiring. Yeah, and and, and and just keep cycling those picks in and out. I'd also do that with Andrew Wiggins. And you know who's in the process? He's young enough. You yeah. know who's in the process of weighing that exact blueprint right now? Who? The Thunder. OKC Thunder. They got like eleven. Picks. They got like they got like seven first round picks. Just from George and, and Westbrook. Seven first-round picks. I think the Clippers overpaid, but they had to because it was a package. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the deal. When when Toronto gave up everything that they gave up for, for Kawhi, it was looked at that they lost that deal. But they got a championship out of it. You get a championship. You don't lose it. You don't lose it. So, so, did the Clippers give up a lot? Yeah. But if they find themselves in the uh, the, the Western Conference Finals, because they never saw that when uh, Chris Paul was there, they win, in gotcha. my opinion. Got gotcha. you. So, one more question. Does Summer League matter? We, we, we've seen Summer League outrage All right, Brandon, the past week. All right, Brandon, you've been quiet. Give us your thoughts on that. Does Summer League matter, Brandon? Summer League matter. I mean, because the Lakers had a Summer League squad a few years ago. <laughs> I mean, y'all won that championship, didn't y'all? <laughs> no, we, we beasting out there on the court. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a money maker, right? And yeah. and as evidenced by every year, you see more and more stars on the sidelines, mm-hmm. right? So it's really like, all right, summertime, people going out to Vegas, you know, let's try to make some bread. You know, hey, LeBron, hey, give you fifty grand, come watch courtside, Anthony Davis. So it's really about the court signs than it is the product on the court. <laughs> some league sucks, <laughs> right? It's 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 you would think it would be better college basketball. It's not. It is. It's not. No, it's, it's terrible, terrible basketball. It's terrible, it's terrible basketball. basketball. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah, yeah and, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because that allows me to answer my question the way I want to. With the current Hornets Summer League roster, I'm going to break it down to you who's all on this team by how many years they've been in the NBA, okay? Right now, we got 12 rookies on this Summer League squad. We got 12 rookies. We got four players that have played one year of NBA basketball. We got two players that have played two years of NBA basketball, and we got zero Malik Monks. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, does Summer League matter? <laughs> does Summer I had to throw that jab in there. Does Summer League matter? For the team, no. For the head coach, yes. 
Because what it does, it takes those young players who are out there playing voluntarily, hey Malik Monk, and it allows the coach to look at what they are doing individually because when the preseason comes, he's not paying attention specifically to Devontae Graham or or Hicks or, or Meeks or any of those guys. He's looking at the team and how they're gelling as a whole. Gotcha. So for the coaching staff, summer league matters. For everybody else, no, it's no. just a money grab. Um, let me first say, before I answer this yes or no, I just want to say I've never in my life seen so much interest in the Charlotte Hornets summer league <laughs> in my life. I'm only gauging this off of social media posts. That That's all I'm gauging this off of. I just want to throw that Shock, out. Shock, outrage. Shock, you know, it, man, don't get me started, man. But to, to, to quickly answer this question, no, it, it does not matter at all because, man, you have to understand, these guys are literally thrown together. There's no practice. There's no gelling, really. There, there. It's a bunch of pieces that don't that don't really fit, you know. And with the Hornets in particular, they don't have anybody of like six ten to be a real center, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and as far as summary as it relates to the Hornets' real roster in the regular season, why in the hell would it matter? You have what fifteen guys literally fighting for the last spot on. Everybody else's roster, not just yeah. the Hornets, but everybody else's league. It's a last, it's a showcase. It's not real basketball. You, it's not even enough time to get practices in to, for a summer league. So it's 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 not to, not to crap on the subject, but it's even ridiculous that we're talking about this. Yeah. It is silly. It is ridiculous. Hell no, it doesn't matter. No. All right, all right, all right. Now, um, <laughs> thank you, Jamal. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Shut the door. Um, so we're going to jump into our back-to-back winning seasons. We call this back-to-back winning seasons because... We've never had one. Back-to-back winning seasons. Boom. You will be great for this segment because you're right. actually a Panthers fan. Mm-hmm. So let's do it. So uh, you're an NFL fan in general. So we're going to jump into NFL first. Okay. Right. So the NFL owners proposed the 18-game season schedule. And a caveat was basically... The cap is players can only play sixteen games max. How do you guys feel about that? It's just I just don't get it. What do you guys feel about that? We're gonna let our guests go first. It's a ridiculous premise. It's utterly ridiculous because now you have to figure out well what sixteen games does a player play, mm-hmm. right? And clearly, if the quarterback is going to play those sixteen games, the offensive line is going to play those same sixteen games because yep. it's just too valuable yep. to right. have you know backup O linemen play so basically each team is like all right what two games can we lose right and every now and again somebody will pull the win out there but but that's really it and i mean it's definitely a money grab and the players have to say okay but at what point is enough enough at what point does my body matter Mm -hmm. because ultimately it's about bodies otherwise they wouldn't even say you have to play up to 16 16 they'll let you play 18 right and what if for example let's say that you are in the playoff hunt but it's your game not to play, but you're down, you know, 10 points at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and Tom Brady's like, yo, maybe let me get in, you know, and get on this game. But like, sorry, you can't, you know, you can't play. Like, that's, that's <laughs> so it's an utterly ridiculous premise. So just say, look, man, we're doing this for money, right? Mm-hmm. Fans, you look, you like, you like the ritual. It's your church. You like going to church on Sunday. You like being with your group. Cool. Let's kick it. But, but just the, the product on the field, it's going to be a horrible product. It's going to be yeah. summer league for those two games <laughs> right. for those players. 
Yeah, and um, I pretty much co-signed. Um, I know that right around week uh, 14 and 15, the average NFL fan gets pretty worn out with yeah. uh, football. And we're, we're kind of ready for the postseason already. So to add two more games, even without and – then, and then, like, with look at our fan base in particular. If, we, if we're playing week 8, week 12, or whatnot, and Cam Newton isn't playing – Half the fan base isn't even going to watch because most of the fans aren't even Panthers fans. They're, I don't know. There's some Cam haters that. No, like, the Cam haters are going to. I can't wait to watch. Now, let's go, go Will. Let's Cam go, Will. Will. <laughs> gonna be there. And when Will Griff throws for 300 yards, hey, why is Cam playing 16 games? Let's get rid of Cam. But when 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 their favorite player doesn't play, when when Keekley doesn't play, when when whoever doesn't play, mm-hmm. like you're going to actually lose uh, fan support yeah. there anyway, and. Just like Brandon was saying, it's another money grab. And if yeah. you take away, if you take away those two games, well, if you add those eighteen games, you got twenty games just between preseason and the regular season already. And if you do sneak in as a wild card, that's an extra four games. Yeah. That's twenty five weeks of football right there. So, I, 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 I would rather they scale it back, take away two preseason games, take away two regular season games, because with the scheduling of the NFL. The last two weeks of the uh, season really don't even matter. The playoffs, the playoff setting has already been determined for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, again, like Brandon was saying, it's it's a it's a money grab to me. And now, now here's the deal. Here's a question that I haven't heard. Even though you don't play those two games, you're still on the active roster. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be on that active roster. Do you still get that active roster pay? Yeah, I don't think they work that those kicks they, out. They that's, that, that even adds to the silliness of it. You well, know what and, I mean? so here's another thing. So how fast do you have to tell the NFL when the players aren't playing? Because now it's strategy, right? Right. Yeah. right? right so if they say, right. "Oh, Cam isn't playing," you're like, "Oh, well, actually, well, playoff starters now, right? Right. So right. It, so, so win, even yeah. that is utterly ridiculous, right? So they're floating the idea to really gauge the interest of the fans and say. All right, how much are you willing to pay more break? Because you're gonna have to put more people on the active yeah. roster, which is in the, which is going to mitigate some costs. Yeah. So it's again, it, it's, it becomes more of a headache than it needs. And absolutely yeah. is. To to because you would need to add more players, and if you did pay those players those two games that they did set out, it actually strengthens the argument that the yeah, NFL needs right. to pay their players right, more right, right now. Right. And a guaranteed contract, or just too. say they're going to be more disposable. <laughs> yeah. One of the two. <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question a, a long way. All right, I'm gonna give you an, a, a basketball example first. There, it, it was some rumors floating out there where the NBA was like, "Well, we we're looking at reducing this, the the regular season to sixty something games." I love basketball. I don't want to see less basketball. So mm-hmm. of course I want basketball to be eighty two games because I love the game. If the NBA came out and said, well, we, we're going to extend the regular season to 96 games, I'd be like, that's just stupid. That's just ridiculous. I feel the same way about the NFL. I don't want to see less games. I don't want to see a 14-week season either. There's no reason to change it, man. And it, it's because of all the reasons we just said. Stuff gets sticky with strategy and, you know, and things get, get really tight around playoff time. So it's like, well, we've already set out our quarterback. Uh, I'm sorry, like, we haven't set out our quarterback yet, so, God, we got to sit him out week 18. This is going to cause some issues for us. It's it's just too much, man. And like 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 B. Rich already said, I just wish Roger Dale would just come out sometimes and be like, man, I'm a money-hungry, greedy bastard, <laughs> and I, this is the only reason I'd like to do this because yeah. it does nothing for the players. Quite honestly, I don't think it does anything for fans. Now, fans might come out and – 
the the immediate reaction might be more football, yeah. But by week 15, 16, it's just like, look at the ratings. Like, we're over it. So, nah, it's ridiculous. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Uh, inter- inter- uh, interesting answers. So, uh, recently, Luke Keekley got sauced up <laughs> by 11-year-old Key Anthony Smith at a summer camp. He got got. Man, he got got good. Hey, Kaz, what's the saying? Anybody. 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 <laughs> And he returned the favor by tackling the young man <laughs> in the open field. So should we should we be worried about Luke because he got soft stuff that bad? I'm gonna tell you it's, why. It's, it's, no, it's caution protocol. Is Kamara gonna sauce him up like that? Man, I, <laughs> we, we we shouldn't be worried, man, because like you gotta look how low to the ground this little eleven year old was, man. man it's man. hard to tackle somebody that low to the ground. Man, that jump cut was nasty, though. Look, man, man. It was nasty. I, I don't have children, but I'm sure parents can attest to chasing their little ones around, and they're so <laughs> little it's hard to get them. Right. I'm gonna kind of defend Luke Keekley on this one a little bit. It's not like the guy. It's not like the little kid was running behind the offensive line. It's like wide open space. Yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. how hard it is to catch something little in a wide open space. Yeah, there, there's. There's nothing to worry about here. It was it was fun. Yeah. It was like there's absolutely nothing. To, and my bad for cutting y'all no, too But um, when 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 you're playing on the field and you got 11 people, everybody has their own assignment. Yeah. So even if Kamara jukes Luke Keegley, there there's another linebacker coming. But right. oh, their free safety is in the alley coming. Don't get me so. wrong. Panthers fan. Panthers fan. We're just joking, okay? Yeah. yeah there's, there's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing to see. So you guys hate Luke. I knew it. Like, <laughs> it's because right. he's white. <laughs> here's something. Here's what intrigued me about that little clip. When I saw it on Twitter, the response was completely lighthearted. Yeah. Everybody yeah. loved it. Everyone was joking. And you know, the kids done a few interviews with NFL Today and all that good stuff. My question is, Dabble, get on that kid. <laughs> hey, Ohio State probably is already giving them an offer. You know? <laughs> but that's another conversation. No time for another day. But um. Why is the response always different when it happens in basketball? Listen, because while I was sitting here thinking, <laughs> I swear to God, I, I'm sorry. While I was sitting here thinking, what if somebody would have crossed up MKG? Like, what if it was like a little man? Man, he can't even guard a 11 year old. Like, the outrage would have been crazy. You know hey, what I'm saying? Hey, hey, you guys remember that video? It's about. Ten years ago, when LeBron got dunked on by Jordan Crawford, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tried he's to hide still, that footage. He's still living off that dunk, so he just did another <laughs> interview about a month ago. He's still living off that dunk. But like you, but in, in basketball, it's so different, though, man. But I wanted to flip it around. Like we we've seen we've seen kids at these basketball camps, and they play these NBA players one on one. And when the kid tries to shoot, the player just like swats the ball in the next <laughs> week, right? Why is the response never positive or lighthearted? Why is the response always that NBA player he's a jerk or why not let the have kids the kids have fun? Why are the responses different for the two sports? I have no idea. Hey, I, I don't have an answer for that, bro. It's, I, it's funny to me either way. It's yeah, funny it is. Way. It is. Yeah. It is. I and, love them both. But mainly, it's nothing. To, it's no big deal either way, either man. So literally, I watched the video with Jason Tatum dunked on the kid. Well. The kid was like this. He pushed the kid down. I was like, "You pushed the kid." No, no, I get it, but I that that was a look. Nah, I mean it was MJ. Hey, and did you see the kid afterwards? Like he stayed on the ground. Like he was like, (laughs) (laughs) he got baptized in the water. Oh man. Hey man, uh, finally I want to say, uh, Ken Anthony Smith, uh, you can go to UNC Chapel Hill. 
they they offer you free A's and B's. <laughs> Get some classes. Come on, man. Hey, man, you don't have to go to class, man. That's Julie Steffen. If you go to Clemson, they'll offer you peanuts and coke. You got to be a lifelong under construction fan. And, 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 and if you go to Florida State, you can steal all the crab legs you want. <laughs> all right, so we're going to uh, jump into our culture segment. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Brandon, what, what's your college football team? Ooh, that's that's a good question. I don't really have one. I mean, I used to be a Florida State fan for the longest time. Okay, you get you wise up. Too. You wise up. You wise up. You wise yeah. up. All right, so hey, you, you can always come home, man. Yeah. So if it's Saturday and yeah. college football is on, what team would intrigue you? Either either Florida State, USC. Uh, I did an internship at the University of Texas, so I have a little bit of affinity okay. for them. Okay. Um, and then up until about six, seven years ago, Penn State. Okay. I got you. I got you. Can't go to Penn State. Um, I'm not even going to touch that, but nah, no, 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 believe it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll leave that way. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to jump into our culture segment. <laughs> All right. Uh, J. Cole and Dreamville released uh, Revenge of the Dreamers 3 last Friday. How do you guys like that, Brandon? Did you listen to it? I've heard some of it, but I haven't listened to all of it. Yet. Well, did you like what you heard so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, he's always great, right? Right, that you know, the album is always is good. I mean, it, it just really depends on how I'm feeling at the particular time. I mean, gotcha. sometimes I can appreciate kind of the lyrical gifts of somebody and how they spit, but the music itself doesn't necessarily resonate gotcha. with me. I it think is. particularly as I get older, right? Just some of the stuff I'm like I don't know if that's really for me per se, but I can still have an appreciation for it. Gotcha. Yeah, um, pretty much the same. Um, it's it's a, it's a nice album to ride to. I don't know if I'll ever wake up one day and be like, "Hey, y'all, put on that new Dreamville." But um, if I'm in the mood, if I'm just kind of like chilling, it was it's it's something I can listen to. And uh, the first track, you know, the baby, he really really surprised me on that in a good way. He now that one verse, if I could get more of that baby. I can see myself listening to him a lot more. Don't I actually hold, agree, man. Don't don't hold your breath. It's not. Yeah, oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> look, look, I, look. I love him for his reactionism, but that that I don't I don't want him. I don't I, I don't I don't want him to get out his element too much right now. Well, and I'm I'm just happy to know that he can do it. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, he he really surprised me. Um, Luke was dope. Um, now now with with the baby and Luke both being on the on the album. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was searching the track list and looking for Elevator J, and I was like, "Where, where, where is he? Where's he? He's he's more of a loop. Him and Luke roll together a little more. Okay. I don't think he's like as close with J Cole. Still. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. He he. Still. But um, I, I'll tell you this. Um, the track uh got me. That was one of the ones that stood out to me because there's an artist on there that I I was unaware of before. Um, I think her name was like Ari Lennox. Yeah, Ari Lennox. Yeah, yeah Ari Lin- Her um, verse, the last verse on that track, kind of like really, really stuck out to me. So um, the album was dope because obviously I got introduced to some new artists. So I'm going to look her up eventually and see what other music she got out there. But yeah, overall, I got no real critiques of the album. What about you, Jamal? So, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, y'all, y'all know how I am. Lyrical, I'm, miracle. I, y'all, y'all know how I am about music. I am a very hard critic when it comes to hip-hop music. I'm the old, grumpy guy who apparently doesn't listen to anything past 94, and it's all East Coast. That's apparently who I am. No, I said 99. Okay. <laughs> with, 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 with that being said, I, did, I, I actually enjoy this album. I really gotcha. do. Especially the, the first song on the album. 
I, I said this off camera, man. Let me say this again, man. There are two Charlotte references on that first song. Hey. Man, I almost shed a tear, man. It, it was a very proud moment to hear Lou and the baby make Charlotte references. When Lou said, I'm from Babies for a Royal, I about pulled the call. Man, I was like, man, that's what I'm talking <laughs> Come about. Come on, we made it. We made it. <laughs> Babies for made it. Yes. But, but no, man, but to kind of echo what Vince said about the baby in particular, man, like his, his verse on that first song, I was pleasantly surprised. But I mean, that's like. That's legit MC stuff right there. And I know you said don't hold your breath on getting more of that from the baby, but I man, he would make me listen a lot more if we could get that from him uh, get that get more of that from him, man. But I'll just say, you know, the album as a whole, man, you know, not to get too rap geeky and nerdy and, and not not to go too far into that, man. I mean, it's not like the most innovative yeah. album, you know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, right, right, you get what I'm saying? It's not, I don't listen to any song and be like, man, I haven't heard anything like that before. But, not not to be too picky about it, but it's a quality album. Gotcha. I, I'll, I'll say that. It, it, by no means is it whack, by no means is it trash, none of that, man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy for Dreamville, I'm more happy for Charlotte. So. Brother Kaiser, what'd you think about the album? Swivel is Good riding music. That is my song off the album. So you feel the Earth Gang? Uh, yeah. The, well, Lambo Truck and Swivel, I played on repeat. Oh, I love Lambo Truck. Um, it's but I, I'm gonna be honest. I really like the album, but I probably won't listen to it this week. Gotcha. I, I mean, it's just Fair. I, yeah, I, I probably won't. But it was it was a good album, and it was good to see the baby, like, really show he could spit. That was surprising. The Charlotte references, everything. It, it was it was quality. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you need to get on that Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib album. Um, wait, wait, wait. Uh, no, no. Real quick. Superstition has a new album out. Yes. We'll talk about Super in a, maybe a later <laughs> Under Construction podcast, but he is a, a real Charlotte hip-hop legend. Yeah, and yeah, has, no he, doubt. He's in Atlanta now, but he has a, a new album that just came out, and, and he is Charlotte all the way. So. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out to Superstition. Shout now, out. Rodney, give, give, us, give us your take on the album. Uh... It's better than I expected. I okay. thought it was going to be, because we, we've been hearing about this since, what, January, February, where right. all these dreaming meetings. thought it was going to be all cap. And it's better than I thought it was. Uh, and I love Jid, man. Right. Jid, Jid is a rapper, 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 man. I, I actually kind of like that. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and I like, uh, I'm about to check out a little bit more Earth Gang. Earth Gang's been dope, man. I, I'm going to check out a little bit more. You're a little late on Earth Gang, man. <laughs> I know. Man. I'm, I'm late. I, I'll accept that. I'm <laughs> it's late. It's all good, bro. Check okay. So we're going to have a, 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 a real combo now. Uh, I think we got differing opinions at this table. So uh, Jermaine Dupree was asked how does he feel about women hip-hop and who's the queen of hip-hop. Specifically, he was given Meg, Cardi, Nicki as options. And he said that they were stripper rap. And it sparked some outrage in our, in our culture, especially with our women. So, fellas, how do you... Uh, not how do you, but what, what do you, what do you think about his comments? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, I'm gonna start with you, Ren. Of course. Um, <laughs> is it stripper music? I mean, it depends on what, it depends on why you go to the strip club, right? So are you going, you know, cause you want to see women, you know, bounce or you going for the music? I mean, the wings, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the tits and grits is pretty good at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good spread, but I mean, that's, I mean, there's, I know, double entendre there. Um, 
No, but it's it's really based on. I mean, if if people are rapping about what they know and that's what they know, then that's what they're gonna rap about, right? Mm-hmm. No more than if a drug dealer understands the drug game, that's what he's gonna rap about. So if it's not pleasing to you, don't listen to it. I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. I mean, that's the great thing about entertainment. You can whatever entertains you, you can listen to, and the market bears it out, right? More than fifty percent of the population of women, if they dig it, they gonna listen to it. So and you can listen to it without ever really having to have a man ever listen to it and still get paid. So, I mean, having an opinion about it, you know, as a producer, you know, it's like, and I mean, Jermaine Dupree, do you remember some of the music that you were, you were playing? I mean, just because Escape were wearing, you know, cargo pants and stuff like that <laughs> doesn't mean that necessarily the lyrics were certain. Or you listen to Missy Elliott. I mean, she's one of the nastiest people ever in yeah. rap music. She just ain't sexy. So it's really like it's not just the lyrics themselves. It's just who is singing it and what's pleasing or, or not to the eye. Um. He's not all the way wrong, but I wish he would just shut the hell up. Um, this this is a prime example of somebody whose time has passed and he's just hating on the youth. <laughs> prime example. And I think he's simply just trying to stay relevant. I, I don't know if he's promoting anything. I don't know if he has anything in the works, but I think he's just simply trying to stay relative. Mm-hmm. And, We're talking about him. And, and Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and... and I just think it needs to now in, in the way that he worded it, he didn't say some of the heavy hitters out there. He didn't say this particular female rapper, that particular he said all of it. Yeah. He encompassed it into all of women female rap. And we all know that there's a lot of female rappers out there that aren't doing stripper music. So again, I think it was a hot take just to get him relevant so that he can he can do whatever promotion that he's doing. Um, I just wish he'd shut up. I mean, but he, but he's talking to, he's not talking about the artists. He's talking about the fans, right? Because if the fans That's were were not interested in it, then he would never even talk see, about no, it. And, and I and, and I beg to differ because I do. Um, I know I know quite a few teenagers when I'm when I'm out and what about. There's a lot of teenagers who listen to the music and they love. They t- they'll tell you, they actually hate the music. They rock with it because it's the only thing that's out there. It's the only thing that's getting pushed. The new I, stuff. I, 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 I don't. I really don't agree with that. I mean, I've inter- heard it the, enough times. I mean, the, 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 the internet is a, is the great equalizer. Now. But but if it's not getting promoted, then how matter. do you know to it go look matter. for it? But listen, let, let me let me say this, man. I'm gonna say something that, that might shock y'all. Jermaine Dupree, J- Jermaine Dupree was right, and Cardi B was right. Let me explain why. Now, in context. I did not know Jermaine Dupri made such a broad statement about, you know, just just female rappers in general. But if we're talking about Meg, Cardi, Nicki, it is it sounds like strippers making music. It it does. It's hard to deny that. Now, I'm 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 going to say this. Cardi B came back and said, you know, I rap about this, I rap about my bleep because it's my best friend. But more importantly, she said, when I made this other song rapping about something, y'all didn't listen to it. Whole, no, it was a whole album. Yeah. It was a whole right, album. But, yeah, but, I, but, but and I don't know the name of the album because I don't buy Cardi's Yeah, music, you, don't, but, you ain't gonna get me to listen yeah. to it. But anyway, <laughs> um, but that had that's understated. When I rap this way, y'all didn't listen to it. So the onus, is it really on the MCs or is it on the public? Well, let me ask you this though. Let, let me okay, let's say let let's relate this to basketball because you know this is primarily a sports podcast, right? If you're watching basketball and you're used to watching games get up into the 110s, 115s, 120s every single night. Right. And then all of a sudden the next night 
you watch a game where the score is like eighty eight to ninety, you're gonna feel some type of way. Oh, this is this is an ugly this is an ugly basketball game. 90s ball. Even though even though it's good basketball because because there's obviously some defense being played, it's an anomaly. Now, if we continue to see that good defensive basketball being played, eventually we'll come to accept it. And with Cardi B, I don't think that album did bad simply because it was different, but more so because it was an anomaly of what she normally does. Well, I don't don't think her album did bad. I I just think that single didn't chart like they wanted to because her album, her album's like triple platinum. Let Let me say this too, man. There's a deeper discussion I think there's a way deeper discussion with, with, with this topic. And and that discu- we haven't talked about what record labels do. Yeah, yeah, I'm so, glad you, you know what I'm saying. If we're speaking particularly in mainstream music, let's cut out the internet, let's cut out the underground, let's cut all that out. Let's talk about radio, TV, mass media, whatever. You know what I'm saying? What What's the record company, what are the record labels doing promoting this stuff? Because let me tell y'all something. Radio and media, they can make Whatever they want cool, they can make it cool. Agreed. Media and record companies have made Meg, Cardi, Nikki, they've made that into the mainstream and they've they've made that what what people are used to listening to now. And that's not talked about enough. So, so let me that's ask you why a I say everybody was right. Jermaine Dupree was right. Yeah, yeah. And Cardi B was so right. So let me ask you a question. So Little Kim was rapping about her her, her goodies. I hated it then. Um Foxy Brown was rapping about hot spots and all the other stuff. Has it really changed? I mean, I mean, they, 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 look, look, listen, listen, listen. There has always been some type of variety in women's rap. There's always been some type. You, you got the Queen Latifah. But you just made your point. I'm, I'm going to explain why. You you actually just answered your own question. Because, I, here I go, sound like the old guy again. <laughs> But back in the back in the nineties, that was that that's what was so beautiful about hip hop. You could turn on uh, Rap City and you can see Queen Latifah on the same lineup as Little Kim as Foxy Brown. You can see Bahamadia. I know you don't know about that. You can see Bahamadia on the same lineup as whoever else. It was that variety, and radio and media was pushing everything, so everybody had what they ultimately wanted. Mass media is not the same as it is see, now. See this? I, I, I come on, man. If, this, this, this is where age is showing. Nobody's watching rap CD and BT anymore. No, but you're no, missing no, the listen, point, listen, though. I, but you're missing the point. What he's saying is what? The, the the people who are pushing the music, they're only pushing one style. That's what I'm saying. They're I, not, they're we're not, not talking about rap CD in particular. I'm talking yeah. about what what is being pushed. They're not, they're, I mean, because I'm looking at the double XL cover. There's three or four women on there. And one is class. Only one is classified as a stripper rapper. I mean, is 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 is, is that legit to who, say? Well, who are the is, who dude. are the three rappers you're, you're talking? About? Uh, there's a uh, Tierra Whack. Okay. Uh, I forgot. Dope, by the way. I, I I forgot the other ladies. Okay, I cool. forgot the other girl. Yeah, that one's trying to put you on the spot. But, but but she's the only like stripper rapper. I mean, they 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 they're, they're pushing other type of lady rappers. I mean, well, I, I guess my ultimate uh, question would be, I mean, or statement would be, and yeah. so like. Like you said, I mean, there was Trina yeah. back in the day. I mean, but Luke was making stripper music, yeah. right? So is it, I mean, is, is this about gender? Is it about interest? Is it about taste? I mean, because you, like you said, you had Little Kim, you had Fox Brown, you had all the women, and then you had Lauryn Hill, right. who was spitting. It was probably one of the best rappers, period, of all time as a lyricist and standpoint. And her album did better than everybody. Everybody, right? right? She's a phenomenon. So people ultimately, are their ears are going to take them, you know, where they want to go. 
And if they're popular, they're popular for a reason. I, like, and another, you, re- and another, and, and I think that should be another criticism to uh, Jermaine Dupri because of what he did with So So Dev back in the nineties. For him to be out here criticizing um, all these women in general, why are you not pushing some of these other female rappers who aren't doing the stripper rap? You know what? I can I, I, I can make the corollary to politics. Right, so if you take like an older politician, like a Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders, something like that, and they like, you know, they still espousing these old things, and the new people are like, yo, man, you got the hell out the paint. Right, this is a new era, this is a new day. You had your time, but they like, no, 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 you need to understand the way I feel about the world now. Should or then should be the way you feel about the world now, and that's basically what Jermaine Dupri is doing. He's mm-hmm. saying it as a pejorative, like. Stripping does not necessarily have to be a bad thing, right? We've been doing this from Jump Street. Eons, right? right. Stripper, I mean, rock music been making stripper music way before hip hop even thought about it, right? So it's really about it's it's really about somebody who's like, all right, I'm what? In in my forties or fifties now, I'm thinking about something that's different. I have an opinion, my name has credibility, so you'll take me more seriously than another guy who would say it. I mean, and the music is what it is. As a matter of fact, I have more respect for people who have four or five million records now because you're buying it digitally, which means yeah. you can't lose it. Think about when we were going to um, Sam Goody or whatever, <laughs> you know, or and, and we had to buy a CD and then we, we lost it at scratch and we had to buy it again, which was artificially inflating numbers. <laughs> right, right, right. That doesn't happen anymore. So if you're a female rapper, seven, three, four, five million albums, Man, that's that's pretty dope. Like, you know, the, the public speaks and your album sales speak for you, regardless of what you're saying. If people didn't like it, they wouldn't buy it. Simply. There it is. Gotcha. All right. Uh we're gonna go to our we're gonna go to our shout outs. Uh, I'm gonna go first. Uh I'm gonna shout out the uh Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh they threw a uh, thirteen uh nothing uh no hitter against uh I think the Mariners uh in honor of Tyler Skaggs it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um uh, and then also I want to shout out to the uh the US women's soccer team. Uh y'all did awesome. Uh keep being outspoken, speaking your mind, girl power. We probably need to do a segment on We do. Hot girl summer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <Hurt you more. laughs> um I want to uh, shout out uh, a business by the name of Duck and Swat. Uh, it is owned by uh, uh, Dion and Davida Galloway, who are uh, two close friends of mine. But I just want to shout them out because I absolutely love what they're doing in the community, and I love that they are specifically um, kind of helping out in any way they can uh, 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 black women business owners and uh you know, they had a, a forum a couple of weeks ago that I couldn't attend, but it was a beautiful thing just to see this constructive uh, meeting of the minds, you know, as far as like ideas and how to be productive as far as uh, promoting uh, small business, black women, small business owners, man. So just uh, want to shout out Duck and Swat for that. All right. So I got two shout outs. Uh, the first shout out, I want to uh, shout out to all of the uh, armored truck drivers in America. <laughs> Listen, if you guys ever find yourselves in Charlotte, North Carolina, open that light. and you accidentally <laughs> forget to lock that door, I'm not mad at you, okay? Just let me know. Let me know, okay? My contact information is all on our social media. Drop a DM, send a smoke signal. Let me know. I, know where be at. I, I can drive. use a come up real quick, I right? <laughs> Just let me know. But, um, on a more somber note, I want to give a shout out to uh, the family of Darnell Harris. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he was the uh, he was a worker at the uh, Steak and Shake yeah. that yeah, uh, yeah. that was that was robbed and shot up. Uh, 
earlier last week, and uh, he died actually protecting the other workers, and um, I think that was pretty commendable of him. I hate that he had to lose his life, and I just want to shout out to him and say condolences uh, to his family. Okay, uh, I'm going to have two shout outs, uh, one snarky and, and one uh, probably more clinical. So first I do the clinical uh, sh- uh, shout out to Sharice Johnson. She's a partner of mine at Jade Integrative Health, and she does a lot of um, counseling with eating disorders. And I think um, eating disorders is something that we think about, particularly with young white girls. And she does a lot of work with uh, women of color, particularly black women, looking mm-hmm. at um, eating disorders and disordered eating. Um, she's uh, she's a, a phenomenal therapist. Um, she's been a kind of like a big sister and a mentor to me in a lot of ways. And she's doing a lot of great work uh, in Charlotte trying to get uh, our, our sisters out there in, in, in better health, both in, in the mental health sense and the physical sense. Um, the snarky one, going to the U.S. women's teams, um, fighting for equal rights without really understanding exactly what they're fighting for. Um, <laughs> they should be fighting for fair pay. And if they make more than the men, they should get paid more than the men. Um, I think the men are like, thank you, um, please, because you're making more, so we can we can get more <laughs> of the money. Um, I don't think Beyonce looks at Jay Z and say we should get paid the same, like I'm more valuable than you, so therefore I should get paid more. Um, <laughs> so though you're he fighting, fits in perfectly, yeah. right? <laughs> so though you're fighting for a noble cause, you need to fight for the right cause. And if you want a great advocate, you have to understand what your premise is, and then I can help fight for you. No doubt. That's what's up. Righteous, righteous. All right, stop the table. I got to pee, man. Yeah, All right, hey, appreciate y'all watching. Uh, we'll actually be back later this week with another segment. So uh, just stay tuned, and I think you'll like this one. All right, so appreciate it. All right.